This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Eminem Video Games, a great local chain of retro video game store here in Pinellas County. My favorite location personally is the new Pinellas Park location. Right. And there they have roughly 7,000 unique game titles in stock, a bunch of consoles, accessories, and even have a consignment section for all the really hard collectible finds. They buy, sell, trade if you have old games collecting dust that you don't know what to do with. They'll take them for cash or in-store credit. And that's a little bit different than your usual box store gaming stores where they only give you store credit or an exchange of games. They are an easy one-stop shop for all gamers of all ages. They also have their arcade will be reopening in July and restarting their weekly tournaments called Saturday Night Slam. You can check them out online at m-and-a-n-d-m-videogames.com for their online store and news. And now, on with the podcast. executed the format and that should oh okay so okay. maybe we got it i am gonna just look at it for like the next 30 seconds yeah i mean even the last time we did this podcast we uh i stared at that red light the whole time pretty much yeah <clears throat> because wow. that it's very paranoid like nerve-wracking and knowing you're about to talk for about an hour yeah, and, and you're not then, paying attention to the red light, and all of a sudden you lose all of the content that you were trying yeah. to actually have. Yeah, and it's awful. It's terrible because we redid the last podcast three times. <sighs> yeah, David. David told me about it. He was like, "Yeah, man, you could tell that you guys were visibly upset." <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, because I, we I, were." I was over that podcast before we even started. Yeah, the third that time. was, dude. This is episode ten. <sighs> Episode 10. It's a milestone for us, man. Yeah. And with that being said, my name is Luke Bad News Burton. I'm Psycho Steve Fury. And this is the Wrestleology Podcast, giving you context to wrestling's past to tell you about wrestling's present. And Steve, I, wait, hold on really quick. My, my watch must be broken. Steve, do you know what time it is? Oh, I do. It's clobbering time. It's clobbering time, everybody. So if you uh, are not familiar with professional wrestling or you are living under a literal rock, uh, on August 20th, which was Friday night in Chicago, Illinois, AEW had Rampage, which is their B show, which is just professional wrestling, essentially, right? Just an hour of an hour wrestling. of straight, strict professional wrestling. And it was also the debut of probably the most popular professional wrestler in the last 20 years. Hands down, the most anticipated 
debut in probably wrestling history, I'm going to say. Yeah, that's that's fair. Because we're talking about CM Punk, everybody. And the reason why this happened, and we'll give context to this, and the reason why we wanted to talk about him is because of how big of a moment that was, not just for professional wrestling, but in the wake of everything that happened with him and how he exited WWE, how big of a moment that was to get that level of a superstar back. And I'm not saying that in the context of WWE. I'm talking about in the context of popular culture. Because if you talk about somebody that has been that popular for that long, you know, there's there's only a few people that were able to break those barriers within popular culture, but he's the only one that did it his way, bucking a system, right? Agreed. I wouldn't I I, I wouldn't even put like Hulk Hogan, The Rock, I wouldn't even put the outsiders in there with like Kevin Nash and Scott Hall. CM Punk transcended professional wrestling because he loved it so much. Yeah. He had no intention of going elsewhere until the opportunities were presented to him. But how did we get here? How did we get to CM Punk debuting in AEW after a seven-year hiatus, being away from the wrestling industry, being in UFC, being in Heels, which is on Stars with Stephen Amell, writing comic books, doing independent films? How did we get here? Well... CM Punk was originally in ROH, also other independent wrestling associations and federations across the United States, and he was the, I can remember from when I was watching, you know, old Ring of Honor and old IWA South tapes, he would... I would say that he's probably the biggest independent professional wrestler to ever wrestle and come out on the other side. It has a lot to do with how he exited it. Yeah. He was still... I wouldn't say he was at his prime. I would say that. You would say he was at his prime? I would say that he was at his prime. I would say that... I don't know if I could say that he was at the peak of where he was... Storyline wise, right? Well, that had a lot to do with WWE, just correct, not knowing how to use them properly. Right. It, but I would say that he was still in his prime. I would 100% say that. And the reason why I would say that is because of the quality of work that he was able to do within a system that did not really provide him with the support in order for him to perform at a peak level. Right? They were giving him people such as The Miz, John Cena. They did give him Daniel Bryan, but they always put him in the semi main event or first match on the card status when he was was about to leave. Sorry to interrupt. You're good. So, a lot of people he was wrestling after he dropped the pipe bomb, it was Dean Ambrose, Bray Wyatt, Seth Rollins, The Usos. Luke Harper, like the Wyatt family. There's even a Curtis Axel and Ryback. Like, 
they kind of just threw him whoever. Like, it wasn't main event people, and it wasn't jobbers, I'm going to say, you know? It was just... Well, that was a big reason to why he left WWE. And if you don't know what we're talking about, CM Punk, prior to being in AEW and prior to his seven-year hiatus, was a champion for cult and hardcore wrestling fans within WWE during a time where there really wasn't any competition or anywhere else to go for professional wrestling elsewhere, you know? And that was one thing that I noticed being a professional wrestling fan and during that time loving CM Punk and loving his work, you could tell that he was clearly unhappy. He does the pipe bomb, which is this historic promo where after R-Truth throws John Cena through a table during a tables match, he comes down and sits at the top of the raw entrance ramp. And he's wearing a Stone Cold Steve Austin t-shirt. Which I still find kind of funny. Which is because he's going to, he's he doesn't care. Yeah. He doesn't care. He's a champion of the people. And he's there for himself to air his grievances on live national television. And says that there's nobody really better than John Cena, Hulk Hogan, and Dwayne The Rock Johnson at kissing Vince McMahon's ass. Mm -hmm. That he's the best in the world. That he's been the best in the world ever since he stepped foot in the company. At every position that they've put him at, he's been better than everybody. He's been better everybody on the microphone. He's been better everybody in the ring. Everybody on commentary. Anything that he puts puts his mind to and that he's actually invested in, he's great at. And at Money in the Bank, he's going to take the title away from John Cena. Which turned out to be a five-star match. I didn't even know that. Yeah, it's... it's I think the one of last, two. I think it's the last five star match on main roster WWE. Hmm. Pretty sure. Even to this day. Even to this day. Because we're don't talk about takeovers, but it's the last yeah. five star match that WWE has had on the main roster, and that was eleven years ago. Or sorry, it was ten years ago. Now. That's crazy. Yeah. You're telling me that you're the biggest wrestling company in the world and you can't produce a technically good match in front of live crowds? Get out of here. But either way, after that, CM Punk wins the WWE Heavyweight Championship, leaves. I believe it was John Cena who won an interim heavyweight championship again. Mm -hmm, And then they fight at SummerSlam. CM Punk wins, loses it to Alberto Del Rio. And over the course of the next four years, up until around August 2015, when he decided he was going to take his ball and go home, right? It just gets progressively worse and worse and worse and worse. He's pissed off the higher-ups at this point. Well, he's, he's shook the system. He's unhappy. He's sick. Yeah. Had a staph infection. Yeah. And they made him continue to wrestle. And a great explanation of all of this, if you would like to hear more about this, is on the Art of Wrestling podcast with Colt Cabana, where he and CM Punk talk about right after 
CM Punk gets released, talk about why he left WWE, and he like completely airs out all of his dirty laundry from WWE, and how they treated him poorly, how he wrestled with Ryback multiple times even though he got hurt, how he continued to wrestle with a staph infection when they knew about it, and they didn't diagnose it properly, which actually led to a lawsuit between that doctor, Colt Cabana, and CM Punk, which cost them their relationship. They sent CM Punk on his wedding day when he had taken his ball and gone home and basically quit the company. Yeah, AJ was still him. wrestling for him. Yeah, they sent him his release papers on his wedding day. <laughs> what a fuck. God damn it. I, and it's... It's stuff like this that makes it so much harder to watch WWE yeah, as a whole. It's be- because you know how terrible they are. You know how poorly they treat their talent. Yeah. You know how poorly they treat their talent, especially on the way out. They don't care. No. They're the biggest game in town. Why would they care? God, I can't wait till AEW takes them down. They're not going to take them down. <laughs> but either way. What we wanted to do in this podcast was also talk about the things that were positive about Punk's career. Because seven years, that is a fucking long time to be gone away from a sport and then come back. You're going to have some ring rust. Like, you have to at that point. Well, and not just that. People are just not going to remember who you are. Oh, I'm pretty sure he was remembered. I'm pretty sure that he was remembered. (laughs) I 100% agree with you. Before we decided that we were going to do this podcast, when was the last time that you had watched a CM Punk match? Well, I watch a lot of YouTube, so... On purpose. On purpose? Oh, it's, it's been a long time. A long time. I would say... <laughs> because we were just watching them. I would say that it was probably a year ago prior to... Because when I... The reason why I thought of this podcast was because I watched... CM Punk versus Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam. Yeah. Which in the context of everything, right? We're talking about the most like terrifying man <laughs> in the world, Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Looks like an orc from World of Warcraft. <laughs> With that new man bun that he has and the goatee and the fact that he's wearing like an Under Armour shirt tucked into his pants with cowboy boots. Baggy jeans. His jeans are pretty baggy. I will say that. They need to be tighter. Yeah. But I like tight jeans. Yeah. Wink. Yeah, Brock. If you're listening to the WrestleOlogy podcast, which we know that you are, please wear some tight jeans for sensual Steve Fury. Yes, please. (laughs) Give me all the men in tight jeans. Oh, good. Good God. Well, uh, so he's wrestling Brock Lesnar, who is a legit UFC world heavyweight champion right he's a monster he's a monster of a man and then we have cm punk who tried to fight in the ufc and got obliterated and to be fair if he was probably fighting a fight he fought twice so if he was fighting like a normal human being he would probably be he he would beat the shit out of me shit, shit out of me but he's trading a fucking he's he's fighting a trained killer in the ring he fought Mickey Gall lost to him in under a minute and then fought some fucking scrub who basically drew it out for like three rounds 
but he got that loss taken back. Yeah, it's a no contest. Yeah. It's not a win. But in the context of that, like knowing that after the fact and then going back to watch it, it is incredible not only how much CM Punk made that match believable, but also how much Brock Lesnar gave him in terms of offense. There were two near falls where if Paul Heyman hadn't broken up the near fall, Brock Lesnar would have either been submitted or would have been pinned by CM Punk. And I have such a hard time thinking that Brock Lesnar would lay down for anybody. I know that he's a businessman. I know that. Yeah. But I just I think he has such an assholeish persona that I'm like he's going to be like Hogan and not sell anything. <laughs> but he does. He I know does. he does. He I does. know, but I that's my I, perception of but him. But I think but I think that that perception of him plays into the attraction of him, right? Is that he is a legit tough guy. Like he's a legit heavyweight championship yeah. wrestler and fighter, right? He's somebody that if I saw walk down the street, I'd say that guy is a prize fighter. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't say, oh my God, it's Brock Lesnar. Let me get a picture. No. Not that I would do that anyways, but I would really not do it with him. I would be scared. I'd be like, I'm going to cross the street. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on the other side of this road right now. I'm not going to tell him in person that I want him to wear tight jeans. Uh... <laughs> But the one thing that was like a takeaway from that match, right? You know, besides the fact that you want him to wear tighter jeans, right? Is CM Punk, the thing that I've noticed, especially with watching the two matches that we did today. Yeah. And just going back and watching him throughout his career is that he's never out of position. No, he's... He's always right mm -hmm. where he's supposed to be to set up to the next move. And it doesn't look like he's rushing to get there. Maybe it's it's him just thinking on the fly, and he's just got the brain for wrestling. I, I mean, he's been doing it since he was like 15 years old. But what what is what's one of your favorite CM Punk moments? Well, I got into CM Punk late because I stopped. Remember, I stopped right. watching. You wrestling. stopped watching wrestling. CM Punk really kind of like was my was my hope of like this guy's gonna make it he was like the first guy that came into wwe to where he was unchanged from his own persona yeah and came into wwe and stuck by his laurels i was i was pretty much i almost quit watching wrestling again at this money in the bank when he was about to climb up and paul Heyman turned on him and hit him with a ladder right and i was like are you serious right now like, they're going to fuck Punk again? Yep. I was pretty much almost done again with wrestling. That's crazy. Because then it was, what, that year at the Royal Rumble where he got fucked over again by Corporate Kane. Yeah. And that was when he took his ball and went home. I don't blame him. I would have gone home, too. So, let's focus on your favorite Punk moment in WWE. Besides the pipe bomb. Besides all those moments. Like that you were talking about prior, but like, what are some of your favorite matches that he's wrestled? Well, the John Cena match, Money in the Bank, Money in the Bank is probably the top. Um, I can't think off the top of my head right now. Yeah, but it was pretty good that John Cena match because it was a hot crowd in Chicago, Illinois, coming off of the pipe bomb. Yeah, where he is 
coming down, and it feels like similar to how when Rob Van Dam was wrestling John Cena for the WWE Championship at ECW One Night Stand, right? Mm -hmm. To where if anything happens besides this crowd getting what they want, this whole fucking city's going to burn down. (laughs) <laughs> That's the feel. So that, good. Was, that was what the feel was. Yeah, the yeah, night, I get what right? you're saying. And they worked the crowd. It was a. I, I didn't like the finish and how they brought Alberto out. However, everything else besides that, it was great. The crowd reaction, the crowd investment, CM Punk jumping over the barricade, blowing Vince McMahon a kiss before he leaves, and then he's gone into the night. Right. Yeah. We even went even back further to when he debuted for WWE ECW because Mm -hmm. he's a Paul Heyman guy, right? Yeah. He came in during that time and one thing that I do want to say, the promo that they did prior to it, I know that they were trying to film it similar to how they were filming ECW prior, Mm -hmm. but whoever that fucking cameraman was (laughs) needed to be fucking fired because what was happening was is that they were shooting it like three-fourths of the screen was looking down this alley and then CM Punk's face was on the other fourth. They were trying to give it that rough feeling. Like, it was like, oh, we don't... Like, this is edgy. It was like, dude, he's not even in the fucking shot. (laughs) His face isn't even in the shot. What are we doing here? Wrestle's just incredible. Again, same to what we've been saying before. Never out of ring positioning. And all of his offense made sense and looked like... It actually hit his opponent. So I'm looking at his matches. There's a couple matches I would love to go back and watch. Like CM Punk versus Chavo Guerrera. For the ECW Championship. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I'm watching some of these. I'm like, damn, I'm going to go back and watch all these. My favorite CM Punk match that I saw was when he won the Money in the Bank at WrestleMania 23. Oh, that's when they first started with the Money in the Bank, right? No, I think that was twenty one. Because that was the that was the the Tw- same twenty one. You mean two thousand one? No, 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 twenty one. WrestleMania twenty one. Oh, oh, I'm thinking years. I was like, 21. what are you, what are no, you no, talking no, no, no. about? No, 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 WrestleMania twenty one. Because I was there when Ric Flair retired versus Shawn Michaels. Man, that's nuts. It was a good. It was a good fucking show, man. Because Edge lost to The Undertaker in the main event. Still have yet to be into a WrestleMania. You gotta change that. I don't know if I want to now, man. <laughs> I don't really know if I want to. Especially with the way the wrestling's going right now. Two years in a row. You know, I had the opportunity. The one, I even fucking had my ticket paid for. Yeah. And it was just... I don't even think I want to go. Just because the product's that bad now? Yeah. Yeah. I get you. I'll still go. Because it's fucking mania. I mean, if you go, then I guess I'll go. <laughs> I mean, we can just do it as the podcast. I mean, just get real, real ripped. Yeah. 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 Double yeah. Yeah. But I'll go to any fucking AEW one. Oh, 100%. In any here. local wrestling event, because they're terribly funny. Yeah. Sometimes and they're good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but back to what we were saying. With CM Punk, what... I remember is the investment from the crowd, right? Even in Camping World Stadium, which was the Orange Bowl at the time. Yeah. The amount of people 
that were there chanting for CM Punk. That was something that fell over here. It was my fanny pack. No big deal. Oh, fanny pack. Um, But the amount of people that were there that were chanting CM Punk that wanted him to win, and the way that he won, he basically hung up Chris Jericho. Like, Chris Jericho was, like, hanging upside down while he was looking up at CM Punk while CM Punk went and grabbed the money in the bank. Yeah. Because he became the the only. I remember guy. that now. Yeah. I think it was WrestleMania 24 because he had won the Money in the Bank from the year prior, and he was the only person to have won it twice in the match's history. And then he hmm. came out, and then I believe that he cashed it. I think that he cashed it in on that time. I think that he cashed it in on Edge to win the World Heavyweight Championship. Good. Yeah, because <laughs> you hate Edge. I do. Um, I used to not. I, know, I just I don't know it, what it is. It's because of the nostalgia act, man. It's because of the thing that always happens with WWE. <sighs> yeah. WWE just somehow fucks everything up, and they his entrance was cool. The Brood one, where he came out of the ground, it's the best one. And then he comes down and has a second entrance, which I did find to be that was fucking cool. Yeah. You have two entrances, motherfucker. <laughs> I used to use... And Bianca um, Belair has 23-second matches at SummerSlam. 25. (laughs) I timed it from bell to bell, which that's a whole other argument all on its own. I can't believe that. That is horseshit. You have Carmella come down, waste four minutes for an entrance. Ugh. And then she stands in the ring, and then you have Becky Lynch come out, and then just rip her out of the ring, when you could have just had Becky Lynch come out, they have a five-minute match. Her shirt was very, um, something reminded me about her shirt. Very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Punk did it first. (laughs) Just saying. Well, back to our subject at hand. I hate all of the situation now. (laughs) I used to like Becky Lynch. Up until last night. Yeah. Because now she's just... She's in the same realm as, like, Hulk Hogan. Charlotte Flair. Yeah. She's <laughs> in the same realm, man. She's just somebody yep, she that took they're going to the title push. back again last night. Yeah. <laughs> Dressed up as Thanos. Yeah. yeah that, was, that was actually pretty cool. You showed me that, and I was like, that's pretty cool. I didn't notice that until you said it. Yeah. Which totally makes sense now. You're the final boss. Nobody can beat you. You're unkillable. Oh, man. Fucking ridiculous. Yeah, it's. I know we're talking about punk, but I have so much frustrations with SummerSlam. The only thing that was cool about it was Xavier Woods coming out like Razor Ramon. Yeah, even though it was fell dead. Yeah, no kidding. Moves right, and also here's something that I'm real little confused about. Shinsuke Nakamura came out, and then the Bianca Belair match started. Yeah. Did I miss what he came out for? No, he just came out because of the hop. So that was another five minutes that they could have added on to that match. What? Yeah. Because the guy I, I, was going to just do the air. Yeah, guitar. yeah. I literally rewound it three times thinking that maybe I walked away. Nope. Maybe they cut it out. No. I was like, maybe I missed something. Maybe he's going to be a nope, guest announcer. It was just so that Pat McAfee... Could go crazy with the guitarist and Shinsuke Nakamura to hype up the crowd. I hated him in the beginning. I will say he is a very good 
Oh, I love Pat McAfee. Commentator. He's fantastic because he cares about the product. He does his homework. Yep. Yeah. So, I like it. One thing that I did, so I watched the Jeff Hardy CM Punk ladder match from SummerSlam, I think mm-hmm. it was 2013 or 2014. I can't remember. It was one of the 20, 2010s, the noughties. Uh and what I notice is, is just the amount of commitment that he has to everything. Again, the positioning part, but also the crowd work aspect of it, right? Yeah. To where he's, even though that he knows that people love him, he's not going to give them what they want because of the persona he's playing. Yeah, I love that. I also like that he doesn't over animate his face like he got hit like he did like a he was trying to do a cross body mm-hmm. to the outside and Jeff Hardy did like a baseball swing with a bat with a with a chair which by the way you want to talk about somebody that's fucking wild with those chair swings it's Jeff Hardy oh yeah like Jeff Hardy he was probably drunk well <laughs> i don't want to assume anything <laughs> But it was probably not alcohol. It was probably drugs if it was anything. Oh, you're but, right. You're right. Sorry. Sorry, Jeff Hardy. You weren't drunk. But. You were high, though. You know, I think that it was during that storyline where he was poking fun at him for having those demons, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, they have the ladder match. Jeff Hardy hits CM Punk with the chair while he does the crossbody. Mm-hmm. CM Punk obviously gets hit in his fucking elbow, and he's down on the ground. The camera's in his face, and instead of like like wincing, like ah, ah, like his face is going crazy, he's literally just grabbing his elbow, and he ha- puts his face up to the like to the sky, not even looking at the like at the camera, and just goes fuck that hurt, and just is like he's trying to get the feeling back in his arm. Yeah, he probably he's hit not, that funny bone. Yeah, because he's not he's. He's selling it, but he's not overselling it. Like yeah. it's like the difference between being so animated. Like, for example, Damian Priest loved his match last night. Great match. Do you remember when Sheamus went up to the top to hit that flying knee from the top rope? Yeah. Do you remember Damian Priest standing up and literally wobbling his legs like he was on spaghetti legs? Yeah. Sold I it. Fucking hate that shit. Oh, I like that. I hate overselling. I love that. A stagger. It's funny. It's funny, but it's not real. Somebody has spaghetti legs. Some if somebody really has spaghetti legs, they should not be standing up. If you stumble around like you're John Layfield, I get what you're saying. Like, yeah. Like it, it that's not like it that's not selling. That is you being over animated, and I get it. Yeah. You're in a stadium of 50,000 people, right? But come on. Just give me the fucking thing that I want. I want you to just stand up, stagger a little bit, turn around, get hit with that knee. Yeah. Don't oversell it. Don't try to be animated. I get it. You're in front of a million people. You're about to win the United States Championship. It was the best match on the card. Mm-hmm. It was. Arguably the best match on the card. It was besides. his first title, I think, in the main roster. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, because he won the NXT championship Surprise. and then with a bunch of uh, bunch of hookers in a hot tub. Surprised he hasn't been buried yet. Uh, I mean, he's Latino, man. 
Oh, yeah. They're in this. Uh, they're pushing all the minorities right now. Good. Yeah. Good. I'm not. I'm not saying anything bad about that. But all their their champions besides Becky Lynch. But like most recently, you know, Bianca was is African American. Bobby Lashley is African American. Mm-hmm. Um, Roman Reigns is Samoan. The Usos Samoan. Mm-hmm. Before then, it was the Mysterios. Who are Mexican American? It's yeah. great. It's fantastic yeah. for professional wrestling to be inclusive, right? Well, and they, all those people are believable to be champions. Yeah, I think, I think, and this is a terrible train of thought, but they saw how much their influx in Indian Indians, like um, Indian Americans, yeah, from Jinder Mahal. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. like, oh, if we put this belt on this race, we'll see an influx. It's I don't want to think they're doing that, but I feel like that's what they're doing. Well, that's exactly what they're doing. Because if you look at what they did with Rolling Loud, mm-hmm. so you know what the, what I'm talking about, right? So Rolling Loud is a music festival down in Miami. That's what I was going to say. All of like rap that happened this year. Oh, and they, baby! Yeah, they wrestled the Street Profits and Carmella. And I actually didn't know Bianca there was wrestling going on. Wrestled at the music festival on stage, huh? On a ring, and they had to pump in crowd noise because it looked like everybody didn't know what the fuck was going on. <laughs> it was crazy. I'd never seen something like that where it was Wait, like that was nobody, a real thing. Like they put wrestling thing. on a ring, they put on a stage, on a stage at a music festival, on like the main stage at a music festival, in between like musical acts, like rolled it out. That's weird. Put it back, yeah. And I, th- and especially with the way that they've been getting more of their music has mm-hmm. been going away from the rock and roll and like the metal. Yeah. Because SummerSlam, their music was up by Cardi B. <sighs> that was the theme music. God. And everybody's stuff is like hip hop oriented. So I think that what they're trying to do is they're trying to to segment towards that sector of the population. I despise Cardi B. Yeah. With every bone in my body. What what part of her? Every part about her. She's got a nice butt. I saw her at Bonnaroo and it was it was a good concert, but the fact that she used to be a stripper that would drug men to steal their money. Good for her on that. Good for her on that, man. <laughs> to be honest, any... I mean, yeah. I... Okay, good. You <laughs> drugged the worst kind of men. Yeah. Good for you. If you didn't know, I don't like strip clubs. <laughs> that makes one of us. <laughs> I love strip clubs. Yeah, not a big fan. <laughs> Fantastic. I don't want to pay a woman to pretend to like me. Oh. It's the... <laughs> I can do that at home. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, hey, Shy, if you're listening, um, I think that you're lovely. Please don't, please don't hate oh, me for she what you're. I love her. Don't, don't hate me for what your husband says on this podcast. <laughs> I just don't. I'm not a big fan. I also that look. If you're at a strip club and they're at the stage or whatever, right. you ever just? I know you probably don't because you're looking at the women. I. I'm a looker around her. Oh, I'm a looker at the guys. That's the reason why I like the strip club so, so much. That's so the reason why I love the strip club so much. Fucking creepy. They have this emotionless face on and just 
licking their lips, and it's like, you're fucking disgusting. So when I dated my ex, right, because my ex worked in a strip club as a bartender. Uh, that explains so much so much. It explains so much now. Jesus Christ. Uh, and so I learned that there are two types of people that go to strip clubs. There's daddies. Gross. Which are older white men. Yeah. And then there's dope boys, which is... Drug dealers. Drug dealers. Gross. <laughs> there is one strip club that I liked going to. And that's because they had, hands down, the best French toast that I've ever had in my entire life. Time out. Hold on. Strip... If everybody doesn't know this, strip clubs have amazing food. Dude. It's, it's a place called We Bear All on the interstate... In Micanopy. Oh my god. And you're talking they, about Oh yeah, I'm talking about Cafe Risque. <laughs> the best oh French god. toast that I've ever had in my life. I shit you not. Their breakfast burrito oh is on god. point too. Like it it is fucking delicious. I don't even want to know what the kitchen looks like. I just know the food is delicious. <laughs> fucking delicious. <laughs> You know that I stopped there uh, on my way up to Georgia for that trip that I made. I honestly believe that. <laughs> I stopped in the parking lot because I was trying to get everything taken care of. And it's like, also really creepy that over the PA they'll go, so-and-so, your shower is ready. It's like, ugh. Because it's a truck stop. Yeah. It's a truck stop strip club. Yep. Gross. Fantastic business idea, though. Yeah, I get it. But I'm just thinking, like, these truckers are watching these girls, and they're going to go take a shower and jerk off all over that shower. Gross. Maybe they sanitize it. I'm going with no. On the road again. Gross, gross, gross. I can't wait to get on the road again. So when we go to the Comic-Con, you want to get some French toast? Yeah, dog. <laughs> <laughs> Live from Cafe Risque. Here comes Wrestleology. But even going further back into Punk's history, before he even got to WWE, when he was in Ring of Honor, which we just watched, <coughs> his one of two five-star matches with, with Samoa, Samoa Joe. Joe. And the thing about the matches, because we watched, I think we watched about like 40 minutes of it into a, an hour-long contest, because it went to a draw. Yeah. The one thing that I noticed is it's technically not the greatest professional wrestling match that you'll ever see. Realistically... It's the crowd work that kills it. it not only that, it's the chain wrestling. The fact oh, that they're, yes. doing, they're doing these spots, because I'm thinking logically in my head, if I'm a professional wrestler, right... And I'm in a heavyweight championship match that's an hour long. Mm -hmm. The pacing of it's going to be slow. Yeah. I'm going to be building up to certain spots to where we're going to then plateau and then build off of again. The crowd work's amazing. The I chain didn't... wrestling in the beginning of it is amazing. I didn't realize that was the uh, an hour long match. It was either. an hour long match. That, that goes explain, to a draw. That, that would explain why it was like building and building and then got popping and then building and building and building and got like, oh, okay okay and they work to spots right they work to their, yeah. their big spots to where you know joe throws punk out onto the guardrails mm -hmm. and does the face wash where he kicks your face into a steel guardrail he does that twice 
comes back into the ring, works Punk over again. Punk then comes back into the ring and starts taking over the offense again, hits knees in the corner, bulldogs. The thing that I notice about Punk's offense, right? Yeah. It's not a bunch of flips. No. All that it is is knees, Muay Thai kicks, slaps, back fists, and a lot of counter offense Mm -hmm. to where he is taking abuse from other people in order for him to create an opening for himself. Yeah. Because he's a smarter professional wrestler than everybody else. He's very smart in that ring. You can see that just from his matches, what you were talking about earlier about his positioning. It's like every every move is thought out before it happens. Right. And he knows where he's going to go next mm-hmm. from that move. But the thing that I... Maybe I, he's a time traveler. Probably is. He has... Um, I don't know if you're a Dragon Ball Z fan. There's a Dragon Ball Z character named Hit. He can go six seconds in the future. Maybe that's what he does. So what I think that stands out to me from him is that not only is he in the right positioning, but he doesn't rush to the next move. Mm-hmm. It's just like he's... And that's something that I see today within professional wrestling. It just seems so choreographed. And I know that he choreographs his matches. It doesn't look like it. It looks like if something messes up, he's going to figure out something else that he's going to do. He's good at thinking on the fly. Yeah, he's good at thinking on the fly. And in addition to that, unbelievable at crowd work. Oh, yeah. Him and Samoa Joe. Like, perfect example. They're in the match. There's a CM Punk fan that yells at Samoa Joe while Samoa Joe had just beat up CM Punk. Mm -hmm. The fan throws up the straight edge X's. And Samoa Joe goes to try to like hit him, like make him flinch, and, and the cowers kid like a little bitch. Cowers like a bitch, and Samoa Joe like goes through the crowd and starts high fiving people and being like, "That guy's such a little bitch," which is fucking hilarious, by the way. Yeah. And then CM Punk, after he wakes up from getting his ass handed to him prior, because that's where the 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 face wash spot was mm-hmm. like right after that um, or sorry right before that he comes out to come up to the guy like he's like hey man it's okay goes to shake his hand and then like swerves him and just like oop psych never Does mind the hair flip like oh too slow bro and the whole crowd goes fucking nuts yeah and then he goes to shake Samoa Joe's hand and then gets him into a face lock yeah. And it's just, they're working the crowd and then they're working each other in the ring. And that's the thing that I always find to be the best about professional wrestling is when somebody takes it so seriously that they're going to stick to their character no matter what. Even when he was in WWE, when he was in the Straight Edge Society, right? Which, let me bring off subject. That was what made, that's what caught my attention to CM Punk was. As a hardcore kid, I was like, oh, my yeah. God, he's into hardcore? I thought, oh, my God, this is awesome. I thought that there was nobody else like yeah. this in professional yeah. wrestling because so like, of the nature of this business. Awesome. Yeah. And then the way that they brought in different members, like how they brought in Luke Gallows, which was originally Festus, and they explained it that yeah. he 
was drinking and doing drugs all the time. And he finally had an awakening and he came over and he was saved by the Straight Edge Society. Then they had Joey Mercury and then they had Serena Deeb, who was a plant in the crowd and they shaved her head, who then got fired because she was caught drinking at a bar in real life and they worked it into the storyline. So they fucking kept kayfabe alive during that. Yeah. They can't do it now, apparently. No. And it just blows me away why they do that. But... Every time that CM Punk was given something, Mm -hmm. and this is something that he's even said, and this is the reason why I'm so excited for him to come back, is that he would be given chicken shit, and every single time, he would make them chicken salad. Yeah. Like, every single time. That's that's a good good, uh, analogy there, bud. Well, that was, that's directly out of the mouth of Philip Brooks, okay? Oh, all right. Like, that's what he would say. He'd be like, look, they would give me shit, and I would literally, like, and I'm like, okay, well, I I have to do it, right? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Okay, cool. Well, I'm going to do it better than everybody else. I'm excited to see him wrestle now more than ever. And the reason why is because he is unencumbered by political bullshit. Yep. And he has free reign to do whatever he wants. I'm sure of it. And the best part about it is is that he knows his role. He's there in the same capacity that Chris Jericho's there. Yep. That Christian's there. He's going to lift up younger talent and bring them to a higher level. And make fucking stars. He's going to make stars. He's a, He made Darby Allen a bigger star than Darby actually was. Darby Allen was a bona fide superstar. Now... He's a household name. And that that has a lot to do with Sting also. So he took... So pretty much I think is... They took the Sting era of people, fans, brought it to Darby Allen. And now they're doing... They're bringing us now. They're bringing... I'm I'm, I'm a Sting Sting era. You're not a Sting era. Uh, I was around when Sting had bright colored face paint. And I'm blonde hair. Bitch. <laughs> I ain't even... No. They brought back the the 55... Like the 45 to 55 demographic. Yeah. Now... The Sting era. They're bringing the next demo, which is... Which is my demo. Which is the 25 to 35. I'm not in that demo. Nope. Back to what you're saying about making stars, Chris Jericho. <laughs> Let's move away yeah. from your age. Yeah, I don't want to talk about super it. Super quick. I didn't realize that I'm not in the same demo anymore. Um, <laughs> Chris Jericho legitimately made MJF a star. MJF's a fucking superstar heel, and I'm gonna keep talking while you're oh, laughing so because you're a dick. Uh-huh. Laugh it up, fucker. Uh, you just wish you could look this good at 36. I will look that good at 36. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm dancing, in case y'all are wondering. Yeah, get it, girl. Uh, uh, oh, I pulled the muscle. <laughs> uh, All right. Well... That uh, was all I needed to stop talking about how old you are. Uh, but um, that really hurt. <laughs> Jesus Christ! You fucking shimmied and pulled a muscle. <laughs> <laughs> old dirty bastard. Uh, 
<laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, but what were you saying about Chris Jericho and Christian and all these guys? Yeah, they're so going to be paired up. He's going to be paired up with somebody. I would be surprised if he wasn't paired up with Darby Allen. Yo, what if they turn on Sting? To write Sting out pretty much for his contract. We're coming up on a year, aren't we? Yeah, but he like he'll still be with AEW. Oh, I think he'll do stuff in the back. I, I for sure. But I think Sting's coming up on his year. Got it. He probably doesn't want to work anymore. He doesn't have to. He's fucking Sting. Right. So how how crazy would it be if they turned on Sting, and then that's how they implement making see him a heel again. You, I would want one more person in that group, though. No, no. I want I want to see what Darby Allen could do as a heel. I would want one more person. I would want, like, an enforcer. What if they brought in... Daniel Bryan. Because Brown, Daniel Bryan's straight edge. Doc Gallows. Daniel Bryan's straight edge. And vegan. Is he? Yeah. Interesting. I'm pretty sure. But I, why, would you, but why would you put two stars of that caliber, like that level, to be in the same group? To give Darby, it would like almost overshadow Darby Allen, right? Yeah, it would honestly. Like you would have to bring in like an enforcer. You could do uh, Lance Archer, and then have Jake the Snake be like a redemption storyline because all because I don't think that Lance Archer is straight edge, but I know that Jake the Snake is in sobriety. I don't think. <laughs> I don't think Jake the Snake's doing too hot. <laughs> He's not been on TV. I know. But even when he was, he was looking really rough. That's a lot on the road, man. Yeah, so... Yep, I was correct. Daniel Bryan doesn't drink or smoke. The Young Bucks do not. Kenny Omega, which I knew. Yeah. He's like a milk guy. <laughs> Sammy Guevara. Sammy Zayn. Cesaro. Oh my god. Interesting. Yeah. Bring Cesaro back. Big nipples. <laughs> Viking Raiders. <laughs> I do have big nipples. Oh no 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 no. Oh my god, Jesus Christ. Those are like mega pepperonis. <laughs> Jerry Lawler, <laughs> Triple H, and Daniel Bryan, like I said. Tight. I don't know what made me start on that ramp, but yeah. Good for them. Yeah, man. Well, Let's get back on subject. Yeah. Who would you, besides Darby Allen, who are you excited to see CM Punk feud with in AEW and potentially in other promotions? So I know you're not going to agree with me on this one. I think CM Punk and Kenny Omega. I know. I know you dislike him. Why? I just think they're both fast-paced and they're fucking good at building matches. <clears throat> well... Kenny Omega can't promo as a heel for shit. I actually disagree with that. I think that he's I think that he's been better the last month because of how ludicrous he is. <laughs> well, dude, let me tell you what, if it wasn't for Don Callis, that oh, heel that change would, wouldn't would work. Yeah, it, it would, would not, not work. work. Don, Don Callis, hands down, probably the biggest dickhead next to MJF. Yeah, he's a Corny piece of shit. <laughs> I fucking love that, was good. that. Oh, yeah, and Christian's there to fucking lift Jungle Boy up. Yeah, 100%. So, so besides Kenny Omega, who else? MJF, obviously, right? To see uh, just the promos that yeah, two, it those would be two the, guys the promos, would do. But I don't think... It's hard for me to judge MJF's wrestling because 
he only wrestles like maybe once a year, I feel like. Maybe twice. I haven't seen him wrestle since... He wrestles... I would say that he wrestles probably twice a month. That's that's being generous. I feel like it's been... Even before that, I just don't feel like he wrestles that much. He wrestled in... He wrestles more than that. Way more than that. He was in the Stadium Stampede. Mm-hmm. He was in Blood the and Guts. Blood and Guts. He wrestled with Wardlow a couple of times on TV. The Five Labors of Jericho. He hasn't wrestled prior to that. Like he hasn't wrestled until it was like prior to that. Maybe it's just those prior matches aren't very memorable for me. No, because it's just it's him squashing people. Because yeah. he's not gonna lose. He's not gonna lose unless it's like a marquee name. I think he has only one loss still, and it's to Moxley. Yeah, but he's. If you're going to prime anybody to be a heel champion, it's him. Yep. Because he can carry your company for a year. Oh my, can he ever. He can carry your company for a year. And he and, can. And he's the person that if you build the right feud, like if you want Darby Allen to beat somebody, yeah. it's MJF. Or if you want Sammy Guevara to beat anybody, it's MJF. Mm-hmm. You want them to chase that person for a year. Similar to how Adam Hangman Page has been chasing <laughs> Kenny Omega for the better part of a year mm-hmm. and has been chasing that championship for two years now since he lost to Chris Jericho at All Out. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how this ends. I'm, I don't... I thought it was going to end it All Out, but... It's going to end it... I would say that it ends at New Year... at the Revolution pay-per-view. Yeah, I'm really interested to see where they're going with a Christian versus Omega. And they have to do something else. It has to be a run out or something, right? Probably. There has to be something. Well, the way that I look at it is is that I think that the dissension within the elite, mm-hmm. and then we'll get back to CM Punk, what's going to happen is is that the seeds are being planted right now for the elite to start to break up. Mm-hmm. So that the redemption storyline can come back. So that the Dark Order can turn on Hangman Page. So that Bray Wyatt can come back and be the leader of the, the Dark, Dark Order, Order. And make them dark again. Yes. Um, so I think that what's going to happen is the Bucks lose to Jurassic Express. Oh my god. I'll, the pop for that should be insane. It should be insane. They because have, they deserve it. Because they deserve it. And they've built it. And they've screwed them over so many times in so many different ways. When I say... I mean Jungle Boy deserves it more than Luchasaurus, I feel like. I don't know about that, man. Luchasaurus has been a B player on that team. You're and right, has been yeah. been popping him up. And if it wasn't for Luchasaurus, that team would not have... That team wouldn't exist. No, yeah. Luchasaurus is the reason why that team exists. What are you talking about Marco Stunt, boy? What you got about him? Uh, Luchasaurus actually saved Marco Stunt from being beat up backstage at Daly's Place. Uh, I watched uh, All Out the first one today. Oh, did you? So I heard it from uh, Excalibur. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's on a... Um it's on, it's on free. It's yeah. free on YouTube. They're like, fuck it. You watch it. You're gonna you're gonna They're probably like, steal hey, it anyways. Yeah. Why would why wouldn't we give this to you? Yeah. You guys want it, right? And then they'll get all the ad revenue and they have just like they have their own advertisements throughout mm-hmm. the show. So why not? Go to shopaew.com. By the way, CM Punk's t shirt was like the site was frozen for thirty six hours. It crashed the website. Yeah, it crashed the it website crashed for pro wrestling tees. It, it crashed shop AEW. 
It's and then, and then I get, I finally got onto it. And I was like, oh, I'm gonna buy this. You can't customize it. It's white on black, like white <laughs> shirt, black ringer. <sighs> I know. And it's not even like you can't even change it to the premium soft tee. It's like what the. This I know. It's horse shit. I know. And then it's $30. Yep. Which I don't care. I would have paid $30. I would have paid, paid more. But it's the principle. Yeah. So my two people that I would want to see him face, right? I want to see him wrestle Adam Hangman Page. Of course you do. <laughs> because, and here's the reason. And I would rather him I would rather see him wrestle Adam Page more than the Bray Wyatt thing. Okay. Because of his straight edge roots. Okay. Oh, I see where you're going with hey, this. Hey, you're yeah. just a drunken cowboy. Yeah, I see where you're going with this. I'm now. straight edge. Literally do the same thing that he did with Jeff Hardy. Yeah. Like play that same storyline, have a fucking ladder match. And put Adam Hangman Page over. I I don't see him going over. I don't, I don't see him losing to Darby Allen. I don't see, he's not going to lose to Darby Allen his first match. I'll be pretty pissed if he loses his first match. Yeah, of course. Of course I would. I would be fucking pissed if he did that. Because I get it. You're trying to put over the young talent. Yeah. You're trying to put over this new promotion and the new stars. Mm-hmm. But you can put somebody over in a loss. If you have a five-star match as your first match back, yeah. you can... You can put somebody over in a loss. Do you think Darby Allen's capable of a five-star match? Yes. You're giving him way more credit than I do. I think that he's... I mean, I thought that that Ethan Page was a five-star match. That casket match that they had. That's because you really like Ethan Page also. <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> I'm not too big of a fan on on him. On Darby Allen. I think that it's a car crash waiting to happen. We have a friend that... He doesn't hate Darby Allen... He just thinks his gimmick is so stupid. Is that Eric? Maddie. <laughs> he goes, I don't understand it. Why does he have a, why is half of his face painted? It's because half of his Why does he dead. always have a skateboard and he's never on it? <laughs> it's because he was a professional skateboarder. Uh, and then the second person that I want to see him wrestle for the storyline is Colt Cabana. Oh, yeah. I want to see that storyline. I want to see them bury the hatchet. I want that to like be their redemption to where it's like I was like where where Colt Cabana comes out and says you ruined my life. Yeah. Like you like I thought that I got rid of you 5 years ago when we got done with that fucking lawsuit. Mm-hmm. And I came over here and now you're here. Yep. There's, you were gone for seven years. Where the fuck were you? Like they, that type of shit. Are they legitimately on talking terms now or no? I don't know. I don't think so. But that's a story. Yeah. That's how you get people like you and I emotionally invested. <sighs> oh, and yeah. And also, talk about a big payday for Colt Cabana. Yeah, he's been he's been kind of on the back burner for a hot minute now. He's more in... He's more in a role of a coach right now, right? Where he's there to provide a good set of eyes and helping with provide a reaction from the crowd, right? Yeah. He's a crowd favorite. He's an indie darling. He's an amazing professional wrestler. That would be 
an amazing storyline to see. And then one last I, one. I one. feel like they would have to probably be on speaking terms for that to actually happen. They have to both agree to it. Yeah. No. I think that the proposition would have to come from Colt. Yeah. In order for that to happen. Mm-hmm. Because he's the one that was at risk of losing more. Because mm-hmm. he had less to lose. Yeah. And then the last... And I, 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 I lied. I have three. <laughs> Absolute Ricky Starks. Oh. I, I fucking keep forgetting about him. And how can I forget about him? He's so funny. Like, every time that he gets on commentary, like, I see him... Like, he's not the same as CM Punk. No. But he has an aura about him that is similar to him to where you can tell that he is who he is himself yeah like every time that he's on the microphone every time that he gets in front of people he has been obviously he's been compared to the rock and i read an article recently just because he looks like him well he dresses like him too he plays into it yeah yeah uh and taz commented on it and taz went off about He's not The Rock. He's Ricky Starks. How about that? How about you stop comparing wrestlers to wrestlers and you just let the wrestler be themselves? It's like, fuck, Taz. Calm down, bro. Jesus, man. You angry little man? Well, <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, angry little men, uh, me and Steve are going to be uh, doing some live shows coming up. On September 5th, we're going to be doing a live show over at M&M Video Games for their grand reopening of their arcade over in Pinellas it's Park. It's the grand reopening of the entire store. Of the entire store? Yeah. Wow. So, so we'll be there. in Pinellas Park, uh, you can come and say hi while uh, we're there. We're going to be recording live. Uh, Probably talking about whatever. <laughs> Just doing, doing our thing. Doing like what we always do. And then the next following weekend, oh, finally, we will be at the Ocala Comic Con, where we will be recording a live podcast there as well. I feel like that one, we will be recording, but I feel like we're going to take turns walking around interviewing people. We will, if there are other professional wrestlers that we can talk talk to. to. But even like, we'll talk to fans and stuff. Of course, of course. We'll do a live podcast there, and we are doing a No Mercy tournament where it'll be single elimination. Mm-hmm. The winner will get a Nintendo 64. That is correct. And wrestling games that I haven't picked out yet. Awesome. <laughs> Anything else? Are we uh, no gift card to Eminem video games? Um, working details out on that still. So prizes are still to be announced. Yes, I'm really bad about all this because I'm. We're both very busy people. Mm-hmm. So, but but I have all day Mondays to do things. A hundred percent. And more news coming up about potential Ooh, guests I that are coming to, drop this news to when we get the podcast. To. I can't wait. Big news. Big news coming. Don't want to bite ourselves in the foot and announce it yet. But. No, 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 no. Especially when we don't have a date agreed to to where we can actually promote it. However, my name is Luke Bad News Burton. I'm Psycho Steve Fury. And this has been the WrestleOlogy Podcast. You can find us at WrestleOlogy Podcast on Instagram. WrestleOlogy Podcast on Facebook. Underscore WrestleOlogy on Twitter. 
And you can email us at WrestleologyPodcast at gmail.com. Thank you guys for listening. It's always a pleasure talking to you guys about professional wrestling. And we will see you next week. Booyah!